0: It's witchcraft.
1: <laughs> Hi, and welcome to a special Stoned Witches Hour Wheel of the Year Llamas 2022 edition. Lamas is August 1st in the Northern Hemisphere, and I believe August 1st is in bulk in the Southern Hemisphere. That's correct. So for those of you in New Zealand and Australia, our listeners down there, happy Imbolc and happy Lamas here in the Northern Hemisphere. Lamas is a celebration of the sun. It's a celebration of the god Lu. It's also is well known in our old pagan community known as the First Harvest, the first of the three harvest festivals, often called the Festival of First Fruits. Back in the day, Shell, we would all gather together on or about August 1st and people would bring the first harvest from their garden. And I loved this part. There'd be cucumbers and of course, zucchinis everywhere and tomatoes. You know
0: what I love most about our our old community llamas rituals is it was
1: like a feast of food. It really was. I mean, you ate yourself fat at this ritual. You really did on all sorts of fresh, wonderful abundance from people that you cared for. And it was so fun seeing people come in every year with their big platters of vegetables, their fresh bread that they had baked, their sunflower seed bread, their their big sunflowers to decorate the tables and the altars with. And all their bountiful yum-yums. And everything that they were so proud of, these seeds that they had planted and cared for, literally through the season, now they're harvesting. And- Outdoor weed growers. August is very often the time when we're harvesting. When we're harvesting our sun-grown bounty, so it's a good time really for that. Do you really
0: grow in the? Do you really grow in the sun? Do you do any outside growing? Like, is that as lucrative as inside growing?
1: Lucrative is a not exactly the term I would use because I don't grow to sell. But sun-grown weed is the best. You cannot beat the power of the sun, the power of Lou. You sound like a raisin commercial because they say sun, sun-dried raisins are the best. <laughs> They're <laughs> probably right. The sun is so powerful and it provides so much energy. And and artificially indoors, when we use lights, that's great because I can control all of that. I artificial is sun. artificial. <laughs> Artificial is artificial, and it will never be as powerful as the sun in the sky. And so outdoor grown weed where the roots can be down in mother earth and get as big as they want to, and they're absorbing that summertime sun here in the Northern hemisphere, these plants get as big as trees. I don't know if you've seen some of these outdoor gardens or outdoor um, farms, but one pot plant shell could be 10, 12 feet high and, and even bigger in diameter. That's crazy. That's crazy to think because that's pretty big. You can get pounds and pounds off of a sun-grown plant. So it, it, it depends. There are people who throw some seeds outside and are gorilla farmers, essentially, and call themselves outdoor farmers, and, and they'll have varying levels of success. But yeah, anything grown in the sun for the most part, if you do it well, is going to be it's going to blow anything indoors out of the water. And there's some people who say they can taste a difference. I think that's going a little far, but there's definitely differences.
0: So one thing I think that people, you know, this this holiday, Lamas, I, I, I don't think people always realize that there is actually like a heavy Christian tie to this particular holiday.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. There, there's a heavy Christian tie to the sun god. yeah. So. I guess we can't deny that the parallels between Lou and and Jesus is what I think you're going towards.
0: They actually they actually, um, in, in Christianity
1: they call it Lamas Day. Go them for even acknowledging. Well, doesn't lamas in old English comes from, I don't remember what the old English words are. This is what I was
0: getting at. It comes to loaf mass. Yeah. This is where, this is where folks would bring like, so they have their first harvest, their first grains and whatever of the season. And they would take that first loaf of bread to go get blessed. Because obviously if we're talking about the first harvest, you must anticipate there's a second and a Third. third. They would have that very, very first loaf of bread they baked from this year's crop, be blessed to kind of magically infuse the rest of their harvest season, which will go until like whatever, the end of October, beginning of November. So it was a way for them to kind of be like, thank you for what we got now, but we really want you to bless the rest of our crops that are still growing so that they flourish as well.
1: Well, a lot of these ancient traditions are what you and I like to talk about as intention. And we, we do a lot of that now. And that's what they were doing with that loaf is they sometimes would even say that any grain harvested before August 1st was unlucky because it showed you were harvesting too early. So maybe you were, too you were hungry. Yeah, right? you were too eager. So- if you har- harvest it on August first, it's a it's a symbol to show that intent that we have we have bounty, and then baking that bread is another symbol of bounty. Here we've we've made something. Plus, Lou is the god of craftsmanship, and so making things honors that sun god. And and what better way to honor a sun god of making than taking something grown in the sun that represents him and cutting it down again in that tradition of the god. Bringing bounty and then getting cut down to give back and baking it into that symbolic bread to show that you have bounty, you have these things. It's that intention baked right there in the crust,
0: right? And 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 so that was that was actually something that even early Christians did. They would take that first loaf um, to the church mass, hence loaf mass, and they would have the priests bless that loaf, um, just as is the the pagan folk would. Have similar things. So it's it's just really, you know, we always say that this holiday, you know, equals this Christian holiday and so on. But this there's actually, I think, a, a closer tie in. And it's just because what we're celebrating is harvest. Harvest isn't about religion.
1: It's about survival. Very much so, very much so. A lot of these pagan rituals were about survival. They were They were all encoded rules on how to survive the winter. You honor your harvests because even though it's we're in the fullness of summer, it feels like we're in the fullness of summer. The days are super hot right now and the sun but is this, beating down.
0: But this stuff is what you've got to put together and store and save
1: for those long winter months. Ahead. That's right. We're noticing things are starting to die. Things are starting to get brown and die off. In California, everything's already dead, but (laughs) as far as growing things, they're starting to die and you're starting to notice it. The nights are getting a little bit longer and cooler and we're starting that harvest. So we're starting to realize, oh shit, we are in the dark half of the year and I better prepare for when it gets really dark.
0: This is actually when folks like You know, like you and I, we've done this in the past, not that we do this every year faithfully, but we've done this in the past, Um, canning. This is the time of year where folks start canning because you're bringing in
1: that harvest. Those
0: first fruits. You do need to kind of make sure you can spread that through those long winter months.
1: This ritual is outward. I mean, the sun is very much about shining and showing yourself and being outward. Sunflowers and the color yellow. But it's also about... Hearth and Home Ceres and Demeter, you know, the goddesses of of household and the ritual of baking bread. And I guess you can kind of extrapolate that into other parts of your life. You know, your the seeds that we planted back in Imbolc here in the northern hemisphere, the ideas we should be starting to see some glimmers of those coming to fruition, the first beginnings of of what we planted then starting to come and and how is it how's it going? We should do a little self-reflection. Are we where we thought we would be? Are we on track? Are things going well? Are they going bad? Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal
0: podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. It, 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 it's it's one of those uh, times of year also where you still want to make it, for me personally, based on our our, our experience, a fun summer celebratory gathering. With that background intent of honoring the harvest, you know, and in, in things of that nature, welcoming that first harvest, anticipating the second and third. But it's still kind of in that playful space, is maybe a good way to say it. I love this
1: holiday, partly because it's a little weird. <laughs> On the surface, you have the sun. And like you said, we're celebrating Everyone's bringing, we loved the feast. Everyone brought soup that they had made, gazpacho or whatever, that they had made, you know, all these salads and strawberries
0: and, and breads and, 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 and yeah. People,
1: yeah, people are starting to, to ferment wine and beer and, and everyone's bringing all these things and we're celebrating, we're sharing with each other and, and the sun is warm and we're comfortable and we're happy. But the nights are getting colder and we did just cut down the grain, we did just cut down that God and make that sacrifice. You know, there's that underlying tone of we are sacrificing things. Another we're, shift, yeah, another, another shift. shift, another tick in the wheel of time. And on the surface, it's bright and sunny and warm, but on the underneath side, we're preparing for death. We're preparing for that dark and cold. It's a good reminder that that's never far away, even amongst the abundance of summer. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Being able to prepare for that and being able to go within is a really good idea. And I love that you brought up canning because how wonderful in the middle of the dark time to be able to open up a jar of something that you canned in the summertime and have that freshness. And you can do that with anything. Thing. You know, write something for yourself now about all your hopes and abundance that you hope for the rest of your year in a journal or in a note. Seal it up and then open it in the dark time of the year, or, or wait until you need it later in the dark.
0: And you know, I think that's that's the spiritual aspect of this holiday that that we also want to point out is that it is harvesting that first crop of harvest, but on a, a more spiritual level, that's more translated to reaping what you've sown. So all the seeds that you've planted physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever, you know, you're starting to reap what you've sown, good, bad, or indifferent on that level. You're harvesting your hopes and dreams and wishes. So all those things that you hoped for back at at Beltane, Ostara and Litha are starting to come to fruition now. So it's not just, you know, physical crops that you are harvesting you are starting to harvest the results of the seeds
1: you've sown personally. Very good point. Very good way to put it. Which can be a rough pill to swallow sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> None of us like, you know, but we have to do that. Self-reflection is is a wonderful tool. And, you know, we don't love to do that. I don't love to do that, but it, it's good to do.
0: But it's a great time of year for it because, you know, the summer's winding down and, you know, you're kind of, starting to make that shift again between my life as a beach and, you know, that go back to school, go back to work time of
1: year. So it gives you that time to kind of reflect on all the seeds of sound. And it's a good point too, that it's not the end. This isn't winter time, even though it's the first harvest, some people, depending on where you live, Are now planting seeds to harvest for a late fall crop or an early winter crop. So you have to remember that this is a good time to reflect and to take stock and do that first harvest. But there's still time to change the trajectory. There's still time to put fertilizer in that garden or to help those pumpkins grow a little bit better or even to plant new seeds for a short term harvest coming up at the beginning of winter. It's not the end. There's still abundance. There's still time. And if you can Do that self reflection right now. Take stock of where you're at honestly. That will give you the energy to fix the garden that you have or even to start a new one. It's never too late to start a new garden. You just gave me chills. I got chills. (laughs) (laughs) And as an indoor and outdoor gardener of many different types of plants, not just cannabis, it's true. It's never too late. You can always start something new. And sometimes, you know, there's that sunk cost fallacy. Maybe we've got a garden. And I am the worst at doing this. Sometimes I will plant a batch of cannabis. I'm a terrible saver. I will save seeds out of bags. I still grow bag seed and I shouldn't, I really shouldn't, but I do, especially if it's something that I bought and I really enjoy. So I'll grow the bag seed. And when it comes out crap and it's going hermaphrodite and everything is bad, (laughs) (laughs) I get advice to, you should just chop it down. You're putting in too much energy, too much electricity, too much money on something that's just going to be bad. Cut your costs now. And I am usually so attached at this point and so invested in making this right. But would I would never do that. I double down. I put more energy and more money into this <laughs> going full well. It's not going to turn out right. And then it finally dawns on me, oh yeah, I this isn't going anywhere. I need to get rid of this. And I should have done it back when I first knew that it was a problem and that it wasn't going anywhere, but it's that sunk cost fallacy where I think I've put so much energy into this. I have to keep putting in energy and that's just not true. Sometimes if you do that self-reflection, honestly, you'll know that marijuana plant is a big pile of shit and you should just cut it down, put it in the compost heap and move on. And we don't. We don't with jobs. We don't with relationships. We don't with relatives. We Anytime we've put a ton of energy into a project or a person, we think we need to continue long after the point when we should have said, you know, this first harvest is the, also the last one. And we just don't. And we should.
0: It's, it's, it's a species we have a hard time letting go. <laughs> and do. we have a hard time admitting failure. Yeah, um, because the perception is if I put in more energy... I'll keep it from failing bullshit, oh, bullshit, yeah. bullshit. It's still going right. to fail.
1: Sometimes the best things you can do is to realize that something has gone as far as it's going to. And for your mental health, physical health, let it go. Just let it yeah. go. Yep. So well, that's that's some good advice. Cut the weed plant, man. Cut the weed plant. Let it go. Chop it down. When you know it's bad and it's not going anywhere, just cut your losses and move on. You'll be better for it and happier for it. And so will your garden. For more metaphors, please contact Layla. <laughs> the Stoned Witches Hour at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> She'll give you all kinds of great metaphors for stuff. Absolutely will. And now, Lou is the God of creation, of making things, of, um, a craftsmanship
0: yeah he's a craftsmanship god all I can think of when I think of Lou is like some guy like
1: whittling a stick oh yeah that hot like woodworker guy Mm.
0: yeah that's like sitting there with her
1: jackknife
0: whittling a stick
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is a great time to make things we talked about bread people make corn dollies which honestly do people really still do that you know I think they do because you can kind of uh, I
0: should not give people bad ideas, but you can kind of manipulate a corn dolly and kind of turn it into
1: a voodoo doll as well. Anything that looks vaguely like a person could be used in that type of ritual, so
0: actually, around here, you can f- you can buy them <laughs> at
1: multiple locations. Oh, why am I not surprised? I have a corn dolly that I have had for a good 25 years, maybe. Wow! It was given to me when I moved into my first house and it's a witch. She's dressed up like a witch and and the corn are dyed black and orange in some places, you know, for orange for hair and black for her dress. And I still have her in my kitchen. She's kind of, she's lost her broom. She's lost some of her facial features, but she comes with me. She's my kitchen witch. She goes with me from kitchen to kitchen and she's part of my my home, my hearth and home type of altar, you know, she represents home to me. I
0: have one
1: right You here. do too. Ah. It's a little, like a little corn dolly and she's flying her broom. And Oh, I love that. No, I love your little corn dolly witch. I have a little corn dolly witch too. Sweet corn was a tradition in New York state this time of year, East coast, probably still is. Remember
0: me high by the 4th of July. So by August 1st, it's not ready yet. No,
1: I believe there (laughs) are. I have relatives out in the Finger Lakes area. Hi fam. But they're all doing the uh, sweet corn stands right now. They've all been raiding them. So I guess the little bit of first fruits shell are trickling in. You know what I miss about New York state is driving
0: around on any random road on a random day. And all of a sudden there's a big, huge corn stand
1: oh yeah and it's farm
0: stands are the nobody's there you just walk up you take your 13 because in new york you can take 13 for a dozen it's how we roll you take your 13 and you leave your money in the little box thing no harm no foul i miss that you can't do that here in massachusetts no one has corn on the road one of my brothers and his wife have a little farm do they sell corn on the road
1: they do. They do. It's adorable. They sell eggs from their chickens and corn and they make jams. It's just adorable. Labar Farms in um, Penyan, New York. Go see them. <laughs> Everybody
0: from all across the world, go there.
1: Go there. They have excellent stuff, and they're just <laughs> adorable. My little nibbling Sullivan and Fisher are the farmers, and they have a little sign up. <laughs> of... oh, nibblings, yes, nibblings is that <laughs> instead of saying nieces and nephews, nibblings is the all-inclusive term for niece and or nephew, okay. and, and I love it. It's the cutest word, so I just use nibbling now. It's just adorable. Okay. So, I, I just wanted to clarify. It's so cute. And they're so cute. And they're the farmers. And there's a little sign up in the farm stand with their pictures on it, a little description of the farm. It's freaking adorable. Aww. Yeah. So those are the fruit, first fruits there. But I personally, I bake bread. That's, that's my crafty thing. I like to go pick sunflowers because I love to have sunflowers to represent the sun and Lou, as well as the goddesses, you know, Demeter in my home. I love sunflowers anyway, so it's a great excuse to have them. And they're huge this time of year. And I like to bake anyway. So I'll bake some sunflower bread or some other type of bread. And that's kind of my makey thing. But I know there's other crafts that people do that are magical. And you had mentioned to me a craft that you're into lately that also fits in perfectly with this time of year.
0: I uh, I actually have been diving into uh, spell jars. They're I love so those. They're so fun. They're so cute. Um you know, I was walking around one day on my lunch hour from work and sometimes when I'm bored, I wander into some of the, you know, I was reading on TripAdvisor, I think there's 29 or 30 witchy pagany
1: stores here in town uh, i am so fucking jealous so you sometimes- get bored go wandering around your fucking neighborhood and can wander into any one of 29 different witchy shops so that's no. what
0: i do sometimes on lunch because i don't need an hour lunch I, I i could eat in 15 minutes here people so sometimes i just wander around and i go from store to store so i was in it's by no, I was in Lori Cabot's store the other oh, day. Oh,
1: God. Hey, she liked one of our things. Hi, Lori. Hey, girl. How switchy things? And her daughter, Penny,
0: is also. Hi, Penny. Lori and Penny, perfect Salem witches. So anyway, so, so I'm in Enchanted. They're beautiful little shop downtown. And they have all these spell jars. And I was like, oh, my God, I love these things. These are so cool. So then, you know, my little mind starts chugging. I'm like
1: huh, I could make these. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Spell jars are one of my favorite types of spells.
0: And, you know, also being close to the beach, I have access to sand. I have access to ocean water,
1: ocean water to moon water, awesomeness. So I'm like, ooh, I could really make What is a spell jar, Shell? Probably have some listeners who've never heard of one. What is a spell jar? And real quick side note, I'm going to go grab a lighter. I'll be right back. Go ahead. (laughs)
0: So while Layla's getting a lighter to smoke her luscious weed, um, spell jars. So basically, if you're thinking of, of a spell, generally it is a collection of either words, objects, mixtures of things, what have you. Similar concept, but you just dump this all in the jar. What I'm doing is I am making, for example, I'll use a great example, a protection jar. Everybody needs a protection spell jar. Who does it, right? So... I am going to take my little spell jar and I'm going to put such things in it as I actually got some from my awesome, fun, enchanted store in Salem, Massachusetts. They have an online store shop it, great stuff. So I got me some ground Malachite. Ooh, for any listeners that don't know Malachite is a, that, that green and black stone. I don't know how to describe it with the wavy lines. So and look at the jars they sell the ground malachite in.
1: Oh, how cute. Now, ground malachite is great for protection. It's But fantastic. I never in my
0: life heard of it ever ground. ground. Like, like this how is like, nice. Ground, see how it's like ground,
1: like sand. It's pretty. And it's in a cute little test tube jar with a nice little cork stopper. And it's all like black and dark greenish. It's beautiful. It's really pretty. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful sand. How great to have that! You can sprinkle that anywhere for protection. I love that.
0: Right, but being in a sand form, also I can put little pinches in my spell, my my little spell jars. Because, like mm-hmm. I said, I was using the example of of a protection one. So malachite, perfect. Put a little, couple sprinkles in. Now this is where you're going to get super super jealous
1: like i'm not already
0: i understand that some people fib and make stuff up but even if they're fibbing and making stuff up not that they would because they are awesome folk so enchanted sells graveyard dirt oh now even if it's not from an actual graveyard it's got these people are from salem so this has to be from somewhere in salem it's so salem, dirt. Dirt. salem dirt good <laughs> enough for me
1: how much do they charge for a cute little cork stopper vial of Salem dirt? They call it graveyard, graveyard dirt.
0: $7.99. And I mean, oh. this is a this is a pretty good, I'd call it maybe what a four-inch high jar. Yeah, it's a good four or five
1: jar. inch. Cute little, like, what do you call these? Like test tube size yeah. jar with a flat bottom with a nice little cork in the top. Almost like a skinny elongated pot jar.
0: The malachite, the ground malachite was twelve ninety nine. Same size jar. Totally worth it. Come on now.
1: Now, those are excellent things to put in a spell breaking or a protection jar or a keep away jar, that type of thing. I love that. And
0: and also, um, I had gotten little, I was able to obtain little tiny uh, squares of parchment paper. Mm -hmm. So what I would do with my spell jar is like, say, for example, if it was a protection one, I might write out a little protection poem or a little protection blurb of words my own little spell so to say write it on that and then roll it up real small and shove that also in there i also i don't know if i have them right here to show you but i got some crystal you know you can get those like stone flakes yeah i have like a variety of a bunch of different stones including um some obsidian some um uh, clear quartz crystals and they're like chips that's what they're called chips so i got a bunch of i got a container full of them and a variety of of different stones so that i can use them and and depending on what it is um i can put an associated little chip stone in my little spell jar i also got some oils one thing i like to do is i like to make my own herbs and oils remember when people used to call me the herb lady
1: i do i do remember (laughs)
0: So I make, I, I don't necessarily go out and like buy protection oil or love oil or money oil or happiness oil. You know, the, you know how you can buy those pre-made. I have a plethora of individual oils and I kind of make my own. So I would blend up something with the intention of whatever my spell jar is for. If it was protection, so to say, you know, I might put like some eucalyptus and stuff in there. Some five finger grass oil or something yep. like that. Yep. Or in a pinch, lemongrass even works. Mm -hmm. um, uh, And and then that would be the liquid. I would kind of split the liquid of the spell jar because I like to put liquid in mine. Some people do, some people don't. I do. So I would make it half of the oil and half probably ocean water. Depending on my intent, that ocean water may or may not have been charged under the full moon prior to being put in the spell jar. Depends on the intent
1: and where I'm going with it. It really does. And I love that you have all these components that are, that can be tiny because spell jars don't have to be large. They don't have no. to be the big Mason jar or no. they can be very, very small. A little That's teeny, what tiny makes spell them bottle
0: is when you don't need a freaking eight pound spell jar folks. Some of the ones I get, you can get them at the dollar store actually. And I think they're listed as like between three and five milliliters. So, I mean we're not talking big jars here. I mean, you can make big, beautiful,
1: elaborate ones if you'd like, but you certainly don't have to. The intent of a grain of malachite is the same as a whole rock of malachite right and and that's the point with these jars is is and I think a that's little what, goes a long way. a little goes a long way, and it really is about charging it with your intention, and some of the First, spell jars I ever did weren't in a jar at all. The first one was in a Ziploc baggie. (laughs) (laughs) A spell baggie. A spell baggie. And it was a you ever heard the freezer spell to freeze someone? That's a very common one. And that was my first spell jar, quote unquote. I took a baggie and I did a ritual where this person who would not leave me alone, I was being harassed in all sorts of horrible ways by this person. And I really, Just wanted them to leave me alone. I had tried everything. I talked to them. Other people had talked to them, and it was just constant harassment. So I did a spell and I wrote this person's name down on a piece of paper. It was notebook paper. (laughs) I wrote it on the notebook paper. You didn't didn't use parchment paper? No, heathen. I know. I know. I'm so bad. I was such a bad baby witch. So regular ballpoint pen, regular notebook paper in a circle, wrote their name on it. And then I just took a ziplock, and in that ziplock, I put some gosh, I don't even remember. I think the first
0: time I did one of those back when I was like a teenager, I think I literally just put a picture of the person in a bag of water and put it in the freezer. Like I didn't put nothing in it.
1: I just filled this bag with a picture in water. Done. Goodbye. Yep. That's what I did. It was their name. It was water and it was a couple herbs. It was maybe some sage, maybe a little sandalwood, uh, maybe a little bit of five finger grass, <laughs> maybe in it. And that was it. And like you said, Zip that Ziploc up, threw it in the freezer and forgot about them. And it worked. They left me alone. That's a spell jar right there. The problem with those is it has to stay frozen. And once it thaws, you you could potentially run into trouble. So you kind of have to make sure it stays frozen. Unless you live in the Arctic Circle and then you're good. There you go. And then you have no problem. The second one I was involved with, but it wasn't a spell of my own. And this one I do not recommend because this spell was done by someone who was learning witchcraft with me at the time. And I feel terrible for this, but she was interested in someone and he was interested in her, but he was kind of involved. And so she wanted the relationship to get physical. And he was a little reluctant. And so to kind of encourage him to get to the point where it's physical, she did a spell jar. And what she did was we took a shell, one of those really pretty spiral shells. Uh Uh-huh. And into that shell, she filled it with rose water and some rose petals, uh, teeny tiny rose quartz, uh, some drops of I don't remember what type of perfume, uh, his favorite type of perfume, um, some of his hair. And and then as she did this spell, she sealed it with red wax and then round it with um, tied it off with string and then put that shell underneath his bed. They did end up having sex and then they were never friends again. And it was a huge, huge problem, but it worked. She got what she wanted, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a jar.
0: I just wanted to show you this. This happens to be one that I bought in downtown Salem.
1: Oh, that's Probably gorgeous.
0: Six, seven inches tall. That it's looks got, like
1: a, a good size, like whiskey bottle.
0: It, it is. It is. It's it's it, it. it actually is. It's super cool. Got some sand, some dried plants in here. Um, one thing I thought was cool is they actually had mini tarot cards in here.
1: That's cute. Um,
0: so I have a mini tarot card in here. You can see on the back they have a a, a big red feather.
1: And then they put a little spider charm on it. A That's little spider, very cute. spider. And exact opposite of what we were just saying, spell jars can be large. They can be decorative. I think the point is they can be whatever you want them to be. And a spell jar doesn't need to even be a jar. Exactly. Exactly especially this time of year, if you made a spell jar to, to bring abundance to your home, to bring groundedness, to bring happy family vibes to your house. If you made a spell jar and you made it large and beautiful and, and put that in a prominent place in your home, every time you or someone else sees that spell jar, it's going to reactivate that and, and put those, those good vibes back through your home again. So it can be large. It can be decorative. Like Shel said, it can be anything. But it's also, intent.
0: this is also, as you can see, a spell jar that I made. I was going for my Reiki master and I was trying to help myself along with some things and I created a spell jar. And what I did was I took seven chips, a chip from each of the associated Reiki stones and made the spell jar with those stone chips. So there's nothing in here but the chips in water
1: yeah, you're holding just a little, it's a small, narrow, half-inch wide vial. It's about yeah. two inches tall. It just has a screw top. And I can see that it's got water and a couple yeah. like seven small stones in it. It's beautiful. Like the chips. Yeah. So it's it's
0: it's about your intent in, in, in what you're trying to 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 put into it. It's not about fancy ingredients or let me go spend a hundred dollars on this, that, or the other. It's not about your tools all the time. It's about your intention. You know, if I can't find five finger sweet grass somewhere, I can go out and pick grass from my front yard. And in my mind, make that, you
1: know what I'm saying? I do. I do. If going out to your yard and picking any types of herbs, that's your home. That's your ground. That's going to be a grounding plant. That's going to be a a safety, a, a security thing. I mean, whatever home means to you, if you go pick some grass from your yard, that's what that grass is going to do.
0: You know I was I was joking uh with with my with my boyfriend the other night cuz we were talking about, you know, the graveyard dirt and I said I had made a joke. I said, well, either way it's Salem dirt, graveyard or not. And he's like, then why don't you just go out in the backyard and fill a jar with dirt cuz that's Salem dirt too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you
0: know, I was like, "Touche, man. Touche."
1: Good freaking point well much like when we were on the podcast um we all pod down here she lived in the town burkittsville where the the blair witch project was filmed and people were just selling rocks out of their yard as rocks (laughs) from burkittsville you could just start jarring up in in those cute little tiny mason jars you know you could just start jarring up some dirt from your backyard it's Salem dirt bitches
0: yeah. You know, I'm just, Hey, why are there all these holes in your backyard? Man, I got dirt to
1: pawn. That's right. That's right. I'm making bank. <laughs> you know, Hey, if you're, if you start digging for that new garden or whatever, just save some of that dirt and sell it on Etsy. Seriously.
0: But so yeah, I've, I've got my dirt. I've got my malachite. Um, I've got my oils. I got a couple stones. I got some herbs and then I'll round it off my spell jar with sealing them with wax Um, because I like the whole seal it in the whole intention and idea of sealing it in. So I will round off my spell jars with, with the wax seal on the top.
1: If you're going to make a spell jar at home as a beginner, I recommend a couple things. One, I recommend a jar that you like pick something out at a thrift store or at the store or use a baggie, whatever (laughs) you need, whatever you have at hand. Then if you're not sure what to put in it, pick one item from each element, pick some type of herb or incense to represent air that goes along with what your intention is. Pick a stone or again, an incense or something to represent fire. It could be a picture. It could be something that makes you emotional. Whatever fire means to you, find something that represents fire and put it in that jar. Water it could be your ocean water or your moon water. It could be tears. It could be saliva. It could be whatever you need to put could in It could be there. an oil. Yep. Could be an oil, could be some type of carrier oil, and then for earth, put in a stone, put in a food, put in you know, put in something that represents that earthy groundedness to you, and then put in something to represent spirit, or heart, or soul in that jar. And then seal it with wax, with a string, and then put it someplace where it's not going to be disturbed out in the woods. Sometimes people will throw it in the water. We don't really, we would like to not litter, and this is essentially litter. So make sure you're not putting it someplace where it can hurt anyone, And but you also want it someplace where it's going to be concealed and not get opened or destroyed so that your intent can stay.
0: Um, I'm actually making one for a friend, a protection one, a home protection one. And I have uh, actually instructed
1: that person to bury it somewhere on their property. Makes absolute sense. If you're if you're doing it for something at work, maybe you should put it in a drawer or something of your desk at work. Or, or like you said, if it's to protect your home, keeping it in your house or burying it someplace oh. secret on your property makes total sense.
0: Let me tell you. I have one at work. Actually, I keep it right on my desk because everybody's oblivious to my, you know, for living in Salem and working in downtown Salem, they're a little bit oblivious to some of my witchy desk paraphernalia. (laughs) But I actually have uh, something on my desk for anti-anxiety because I I am in a a public forward facing position and you know how people are. So um, yeah, I have an an anti-anxiety one at my desk at work just to try to keep emotions level in my work environment because in you know my environment emotions can get high in what i do and i try to keep that calmness in my space at work yeah for me, for me and everyone around that's me. right <laughs> staff staff and customers alike um I, I do try to
1: convey that peaceful bubble in my space Yeah, and spell jars are fantastic for that. They're a great physical representation of the energy that you have put into some type of spell work. And they continue to kind of radiate that spell and radiate that energy for the life of the jar. And I love those for that.
0: You know, I do want to just as a side note, because I have to tell you this, because it was super hysterical. I love how we've progressed. You know, remember when you and I had a job at the same company? Like our pentacles, or we had people be like, I can't believe you wear that at work. And right, right. You know, you and I were like, why wouldn't we? Duh. <laughs> but remember that like hard time we would get back then? Yes. So the other day, I'm walking around to all my witchy stores, board on my lunch. I come back to work and I have this big purple bag with like the gold paper sticking out of it, smelling like Nag Champa, like nobody's business. And I go back to work and and I set it on my desk and the person who sits in the cubicle next to me was like, wow, that your, your bag smells really good. She's like, Oh, what did you get at lunch? And I just looked at her. And like, like I said, for, for being in downtown Salem, some people are just oblivious to the (laughs) world around them. And I just stone cold looked her in the face and I go, it's so wonderful when you need witchy supplies and you work in downtown Salem and can just go get them on your lunch. And she goes, like witch stuff? And I go, yeah. And she just <laughs> kind of turned away and started typing. That's so funny. Yeah. I got this big old bag on my desk from
1: Enchanted. I've got graveyard dirt and a little bit of (laughs) I
0: actually, actually later in the day, I did show another coworker. I'm like, yeah, look at this graveyard dirt I got. And I mean, people are looking at me like I'm not so cuckoo. And I'm thinking, look, I literally, literally work in the heart of downtown Salem. How is this shocking to you?
1: That's so How funny. Is this
0: shocking to you.
1: I'm surprised. I thought you were all witches there. I thought everyone was a witch in Salem. Everyone
0: in Salem is not a witch, FYI. Huh.
1: Who knew? Who knew? Breaking stereotypes all the time. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> not, you know, and everybody in Salem is lovely, absolutely lovely, but not everybody not everybody in Salem is a witch. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. But so spell jars
1: are a fabulous way to celebrate any any holiday, actually. But they're a great thing to make for llamas. and you could I certainly just find
0: them pretty and fun. And and you know, I, the one I showed you that I had purchased downtown that had some dried um, grains in it and some dried foliage out there. So you know, if you are getting your crop, you know, taking your first crops in for the season, you can take whether it be leaves off of that. Like I'm growing gherkin pickles right now, and you, Layla, you know, I'm not a grower. I know. You usually kill them. They're still alive. Cats and kids. It's the only thing I can keep alive. But I am growing these gherkin pickles because I'm on this 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 thing where I am dead set to can at least one can of freaking gherkin pickles. Yay. So these things are growing. And I was actually going to take a leaf off of my because obviously the pickle isn't the leaf. Um, but it's part of the plant. And I was going to actually take a leaf off and use that for for some random, rando spell work, because I actually grew this. Like, it's amazing. You you of all people know how amazing of a feat it is that I'm actually growing
1: something. The fact that it has not died yet and might actually produce some (laughs) type of Amazing cucumber that you will turn into a pickle. I'm, I'm very impressed. I cannot wait to see the canned results.
0: Like if this actually pans out and works, I'm going to have to like post a video or something because the fact that like I've even grown it from a seed to what it is so far is amazing.
1: It's absolutely impressive. You know, but what better way to celebrate llamas than with your own pickles? How fun.
0: So I, I will actually probably use some of the excess of that plant and add it to my herb collection. I might not use it right now in the moment, but I will probably dry some of the leaves from that and, and add it to my herb collection just for the sole fact
1: that, damn, I made that grow. And I really, really love that because as far as I know, and please listeners correct me because I might be wrong. There are no known magical uses for cucumber leaves. I well, don't you think- know
0: what? I can create my own because it's all about my intention and what I want to do.
1: Exactly. And what is more powerful than the leaf of a plant that you grew and nurtured from a seed? I love that, especially since the gods and goddesses have the the foreknowledge that it's so unlike me to have something
0: actually grow. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so to have that energy, that growth, energy, that living, alive, wonderfulness that that you were so much a part of, that's powerful. So okay, there's no magical association with cucumber leaves there is an association with you and something that you grew and you put your energy and intent into.
0: My creation and, and, and taking something that I personally created, I can manifest that into a multiple of, of different intentions.
1: Yeah. And we can all Especially do that. Especially creativity.
0: That would be perfect for me to use in a creativity spell jar, because it's something that regardless of what it is, I created it. And I'm now taking what I've created and using that to project more creation. Boom, there it is.
1: You could even go several steps further and use that as an enhancing herb in anything where you want where your intent is to grow something grow your wealth you maybe you want a house and you want to grow that security any anything you could use that those leaves that you gathered from the cucumber plant in right. any so spell
0: just because you can't find a particular usage for a cucumber leaf in a spell book that you buy at a bookstore doesn't mean you can't use it for intention and i think That's one of the things about witchcraft as a whole that I like is that if I don't have eye of new, which, by the way, is not actually eye of new, but if I don't have eye of new, I can use something else and it's still going to work. I just like to point out that eye of new is actually mustard
1: seed. (laughs) They do look like newt's (laughs) size. You're probably going to put some in your uh, cucumber, in your cucumber, Brian, I bet you.
0: Yeah, no, I'm actually really
1: excited about trying to pull off making these gherkins. They're so good. I love homemade pickles. They're delicious. Everybody. So happy llamas. Happy Lunasa. Get out to a farmer's market if you can. Try some fresh fruits from your neighbor. You know, somebody on your block has way too much fucking zucchini and needs oh my God, to get rid of it. everybody go yeah. eat zucchini bread. People zucchini bread is so good. You know, make your make your uh, zo- what's that um, spaghetti that people make out of um, squash. Gummy squash, (laughs) like zoodles, zucchini noodles. Make your, you know, make everything. But yeah, you're gonna make that local gardener really happy when you help to take their overabundance of zucchini away.
0: And honestly, there's nothing more awesome than walking up to a fresh fruit and vegetable stand and just smelling all of the yummy goodness.
1: Do something. Take care of yourself. To to honor those first fruits. To honor that first harvest. The. The letting go, the cutting down of something that you have grown because it's time. Start reaping what you've sown, folks. Yep. And paying attention to it. The good, the bad. Some of that fruit's going to have spots on it and it's still good. Just like all of us. Some of us have spots on us and we're still really good. That's right. That's right.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. Happy llamas. Enjoy the sun and
1: enjoy your harvests. Eat bread, folks. Get out in the sun and enjoy Happy Lummis from the Stoned Witches Hour. We'll see you next time when the Wheel of the Year changes to Mabin.
0: Oh my God, Mabin already? Holy crap,
1: where did this year go?